Hey guys, I'm Megan Smiley and this is The Escape Plan. For those of you who've followed the rules and worked really hard to climb the ladder, but you're looking around thinking, is this it? This is my life? I hear you. You want more. You want freedom, fulfillment, purpose, but you don't see how that's gonna happen in the traditional work world. You're entrepreneurship curious, but it seems daunting, risky, and probably unrealistic. But in this podcast, I'm gonna help you see just how possible it is to build a business and by extension, the life that you'll genuinely love waking up to every morning. Hey everyone. So my guest today is Kristen Guillaume. She is the owner of the law office of Kristen Guillaume and Lure of Law. Kristen started her career out at sort of a high volume litigation firm and she enjoyed the practice of law, the actual doing of the job, but five years in, she was feeling really burnt out and knew she needed a change. Um, after considering her options, she ultimately decided to start her own law firm. And for her, that has proven to be exactly the right fit. You know, I know there are a lot of people out there who don't actually dislike the substance of the work of law. Not me. I didn't like that either. <laughs> but I know that is some of you. But you still crave that sort of change of environment the sort of structure and um, culture of traditional practice doesn't feel like a fit. And you crave some of that freedom and autonomy that comes with entrepreneurship. And, um, you know, Kristen and I talk about how we have all those things in common. It was just the substance of what we wanted to do turned out to be different. So for those of you that sort of feel that entrepreneurial urge, um, but also like practicing law, this episode is for you. And Kristen also gets into telling us about um, her venture, Lure of Law, which is where she helps other attorneys see how possible it is to start their own law firms. So if you're out there and thinking that sort of the combination of entrepreneurship and practicing law is for you, absolutely reach out to Kristen. And of course, as always, if you have sort of realized that the practice of law is not for you and you're being drawn to a different kind of entrepreneurship, I am here to support you. Um, I work with clients, both people who have formed business ideas and in the stages before that where you're exploring what your ideas might be and seeing whether it's the right fit for you. So if you are thinking about that and think you might need some support, I um, am happy to chat with you. Please just sign up for the free Catalyst call and we'll see if I'm the right person to support you. But for now, let's move on to the episode. Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. So I start by asking everyone the same thing, which is what took you to law school in the first place? Oh, man. From a young age, I had a strong desire to help people. And I think early on, my center of influence, which would have been my closest family members, um, would tell me, you know, one way to do that is to be a lawyer. And they 
in a jokingly, lovingly way, would reference that, of course, when I was being argumentative or when I was, you know, being stubborn and they would say, you're destined to be a lawyer. Um, yes. And then it also just complimented which what I wanted to do, which was uh, to help and to support people. And so I knew, yeah, pretty early on, I was into the, you know, the law and order shows early on, probably earlier than it was appropriate for me to be watching them. Yeah. And um, courtroom dramas were probably one of my favorite movie genres. And I got involved in mock trial early and it was just kind of the path I wanted to take. So going into undergrad, I knew that was the path. And then going to law school straight out of undergrad was just the way to go for me. Yeah, yeah. So how did you like law school? Was it sort of what you expected? Law school was a, um, I was about to say a pleasant experience, but that's like the opposite of what I want to say. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it was fine. I mean, I, I am very happy that I am an attorney today. And of course, you have to go to law school to be an attorney. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm happy to have that experience under my belt. But the law school uh the experience for me was, you know, it's, it's just a lot. Yeah. It's one of the hardest things that I've ever gone through. I didn't know very many people close to me who had done it. So I didn't have a lot of mentors um, to walk me through what to expect or how to deal with certain things. I will say that one thing that I did right personally, um, you know, for myself was going straight from undergrad to law school. I know a lot of individuals who take time off, gain some life experience, gain some work experience before deciding to go back to law school. For me, going straight through, so four years of undergrad, three years of law school was the way to go because I don't know if that I would have made it um, back if I would have returned to law school. Yeah. I also don't know if I would have had the discipline like many of my classmates had to either hold another job, a full-time job while going to law school or balance um, a family. You know, I was single, childless, um, you know, yeah. really able to be selfish and focus on studies um, because of my age and just where I was in life at that time. So yeah, yeah, I did it. I did it that way. And that was the right way for me. I can, I can. There's say. so many things that are, you know, it's so personal, right? Like I took a few years off and that was the right way for me. Um, mm -hmm. it's also funny cause I feel like a lot of the people I talk to, they're like, I loved law school. I hated practice. And you're like, law school was wow. challenging, but I actually like practicing <laughs> oh that's yeah. so weird yeah. yeah school I think it's such a challenge and I'm one of those people who still has nightmares about law school not that I skip class and have to take the final not that one over and over again but I have this nightmare this recurring nightmare that I have finished law school but for then for some reason have to go back to undergrad and finish undergrad and in undergrad the second time I'm always like but, <laughs> but I like being a lawyer but I just need to get back to being a lawyer and it's so weird but to me that's one of the things that just reminds me you know I'm in the right uh yeah. career yeah I, I, this is what I want to be doing and it is in fact what I'm doing wow wow that's so funny I know I still have like I still will have these dreams of like showing up usually it's undergrad it's not law school but I show up for an exam that I somehow didn't know what was ha was happening and you know. oh yeah everybody has that dream. yeah everybody you're like I haven't been in school weird. for a long time could we let go of this for like at least be more inventive with your anxieties <laughs> it's just that weird, yeah. weird reoccurring dream and mine is just a little bit nuanced yeah. in that for some reason yeah. I'm doing it for the second time and all I want to do is be a lawyer <laughs> 
So, so you came out of law school and did you, what kind of law did you get into practicing and was it what you had intended? It was not at all what I intended. So my first clerking job during law school was for a personal injury workers' compensation firm. And that was truly the last thing that I envisioned myself doing in the law. I envisioned um, PI attorneys as ambulance chasers, the ones on the billboards, the ones that, you know, were the butt of the lawyer jokes. And I just never thought that that was at all going to be me. I thought I was going to more so take the path of some type of – district attorney, county attorney, um, some type of prosecutor, because that's what who one of my main mentors was mm-hmm. um, throughout, I would say, high school and undergrad. But um, yes, one of my first clerking jobs was at a PI work comp firm. I did that for a little while. I also uh, had the opportunity to clerk for like a criminal law, family law firm. And really what it came down to for me was during my third year of law school, who was hiring. And so um, I kind of went back to my contacts in the work comp PI world to see who was hiring. I got set up with this firm who was experiencing tremendous growth. They had an opportunity for me to law clerk and then to um, work there while studying for the bar and then come on as an attorney upon being licensed. So I just really fell into it based on my clerking experience, or excuse me, I just really fell into the area of law that I currently practice based on my clerking experience. So I entered this work comp firm, very high volume law firm where I got a wealth of experience and I worked there for five years. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, Loved the experience that I gained. Loved the practice area of workers' compensation, representing injured employees, Mm -hmm. which, again, didn't see myself doing, but I love it. And that's what I continue to practice today at my own law firm. So what was sort of your process when – so you liked the practice area. So what was sort of the evolution of your thought of, okay, here I am working at a firm, but something about this structure isn't what I want long-term. Yes. I am one of those lawyers who found myself grinding, Mm -hmm. who found that I was not happy in the profession as I thought the profession functioned, Mm. you know, universally. I, had blinders on to the way that the firm that I worked at worked, uh, you know, operated, how many hours we put in at the firm, how many, um, you know, the expectations that were set by that firm and frankly, by the other firms um, around me, you know, uh, people that I was close to. So I was one of those people who um, just, just fell into a practice that I thought this is the only way that it works. And unfortunately, I'm miserable. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm spending way more time at work than I want to. I'm living for the weekend. I didn't know that that, you know, popular song title was actually a, an experience. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I would wake up giddy on Saturday morning and on Sunday morning yeah. just at the thought of doing whatever I wanted on those days um, and spending time with my family on those days. And I yeah. just couldn't believe that I had fallen into living that way where it really just felt like I was living my life Saturdays and Sundays. And then the rest of the week was very much dedication to my employer and not to anything else, not to myself, not to my health, not to my well-being, and certainly not to my 
family's well-being. Yeah, yeah. And when I got to that point, um, I mean, lucky for me, I didn't have what I would say was like a breaking point by any means, but I just had a realization that I did not have to live that way, that there had to be something else. And I started, you know, being very much inspired by entrepreneurs, by Mm. the flexibility that other people had in their work and in the way that they lived and just choices that they made. And the more I dug into that, the more I realized how much choice I did have in the matter. I could decide to have a different job, to leave the law together, to um, do something else. You know, what, what does that look like? And for a long time, I just explored all of those things. Like, what else could I do? Um, And I resisted opening my law firm, opening my own law firm as one of those options because I had, that has just never been on my radar. I just never went to law school thinking I wanted to own my own firm. And in the, the majority of the time that I was at that former firm, the five years that I was there, it didn't cross my mind until, um, you know, at least four years into my time there. Um, It just was never something that I was attracted to, but I just, I just came to the point where I was like, I think that's the solution for me. I still want to practice law. I do like the area of practice that I'm in, Yeah. but can I do it on my own terms? Can I do it my own way? Can I have more autonomy? Yes, I think I can do all of that if I own own the firm. Yeah. And that's the road I went down. It's so interesting because I think I think your story reflects a real ability to sort of self-reflect honestly because I think sometimes people get so mired in just the misery that it's just you know, burn the house down, which is sort of my approach, Mm. which for me was the correct approach, but that's fine. (laughs) But, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there for whom, you know, there are elements of practice that they really actually love. Um, And then you're, it's a question of what are the things that I don't like? How can I retain the things I do, but replace the things that aren't working for me? Um, And you know, it sounds like that was sort of a pretty conscious thought progression that you had. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm resonating with everything that you're saying. I it was clear to me that I wanted to practice law, but for so long I didn't I didn't know that the practice of law could look very different than it did in the environment that I was in. Yeah. And um had I not you know, had I not had those underlying feelings of, I really do like this. I really, I really do want to do this. I probably would have been like you where I would have burned the house down. I would have said there's another way to live. There's a better way to live. And that it has nothing to do with practicing law. But for me, I wanted to, I I wanted to, and it wasn't, it really was not about, I know for some people it's very much about, well, let me at least do it till I pay off my student loans. Mm -hmm. Let me at least, you know, 
I don't know, do it and do it for 10 years. Let me at least do it for some external um, reason rather than yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. For me, it wasn't even that it was just like, no, I like yeah. being a lawyer. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you you're allowed to even on this podcast say that, you know, it's not blasphemy. <laughs> That's so funny. Your audience isn't going to come after me. Like, why, why did you even talk to her? She's not the same as us. No, I, and you and I have had other conversations yeah. about that, that you and I are so much more alike than, than we may seem. Yeah. Um, you know, like in, in terms of our what we preach in the in the legal community um we are we have a lot more similarities than we do differences yeah because you know my my approach to all of this sort of is to start by asking yourself the very high level questions of what are your values what do you want your life to look like and getting clear on that and then you're getting into what are your strengths and your interests and what could you do in that, you know, in a space where you enjoy what you're doing that also matches the life that you want to lead. And it may well happen that when you do that analysis for yourself, your strengths and interests still match up with the practice of law. It's just mm-hmm. that the context doesn't match up with your overall life vision that you want to, to live. Oh, I think you're so right about that. Yeah. I think you are so right. And that's I, a lot of what I, coming into, um, you know, identifying my values and identifying what I'm motivated by. And when I was kind of in that internal struggle, I'll call it, when I was still at the firm and kind of deciding what my next step was, I, I really think that taking the time to do that helped lead me to where I am because, you know, for instance, I realized that one thing is, was that they can pay me all the money in the world here and I'm still not going to be happy. Like, you know, it's just, I am, I guess I'm somebody who's not motivated by the money. I I didn't know that about myself, but now that I'm, you know, having this internal struggle, I'm not happy what I'm doing. Let me really look at what, um, what is going to make me happy and what, what environment I am going to feel better. And so I think that's exactly where you have to start when you're deciding what's next for me is what, what motivates you? What are your values? What life do you want to live? And that's absolutely where I started. Yeah. Yeah. So when it came to like, I, I can almost understand the concept of, okay, I think the right match for me is, still practicing law while also being an entrepreneur and sort of having the freedom and flexibility that comes with that and the ability to sort of just structure how you practice in a way that is authentic and aligned for you. But Mm -hmm. even as someone who's left the practice, done multiple things, now as an entrepreneur, I'm like, starting your own law firm sounds scary to me. Like, I was like, oh, I don't, I feel like I would have been very intimidated by that. So I'd love to hear sort of, sort of whether you were intimidated by it and, or just how you, um, you know, went about mechanically, like figuring out how to do it and balancing any fears you might've had. I am so happy you asked that question because I think my answer is going to surprise maybe you or maybe your listeners. I don't know who, but. I was not scared at all to, um, I was not scared at all to figure out 
how to set up an LLC, how to, you know, fill out this form for the state. How do I, how do I get a tax ID number? I was not scared of any of that. Yeah. I was so scared of failure. I was mm. so scared that I wouldn't be able to make it work, that I would never get clients, that yeah. I would have to go crawling back to my boss or crawling back to, um, you know, it, to anybody to say, oh, I tried and I failed. Right. But I just didn't have qualms about whether or not I was smart enough to run the business and whether or not I, I would know what to do yeah. and how to operate a law firm. And I think so much of that came from being in a law firm for five years yeah. and seeing the operations. I was also, I was lucky in my role at the firm, the longer that I was there, the more operations type meetings I got to be part of, mm. the more firm planning meetings I got to be part of. So the more exposure I had to that too. Yeah, I have said this before to other people, the, the more I learned about how it operated the um the more the way that I've said it in the past is I kept thinking that they were gonna like open up the curtain and be like okay here's the real secret here's the vault you know like yeah. and then I'd be like oh that's what makes this so hard that's why more people don't do it but there was just never any secret uncovered that I was like oh that's why I can't do it yeah I was just like I can do this I can do this it was the fear that yeah. held me back the most. It was absolutely the fear of failing. Yeah. So it is, it's, it does sound great to have had the experience of having a little bit of a, you know, peek behind the curtains. Cause I'm, I, I'm not sure everyone gets that sort of depending on the type of firm and the size of the firm that, right. that you're at. But when you say like, you know, there was no big like, aha, this is why it's hard. That makes me laugh because also part of my thing is like you being a lawyer doesn't mean you can run a business or that you know how to. But honestly, I don't think like, the big law firms know how to run a business. So. Yeah. I think you're yeah. right. I don't think that being a lawyer like sets you up to be an entrepreneur, like that they're the exact same skill set. I don't think that at all. I just think... Um, you know, maybe it takes the right person, the right discipline. I don't know what it is, but yeah, there's tons of firms that are not being well run. There's tons of people who don't know what they're doing. And I'm not saying that that was my former employer. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. It just didn't surprise me how they did it. Right, right. Yeah, it's just, it's, um. there's, I think sometimes we get overwhelmed by this kind of amorphous mountain of things we don't no. <laughs> and yes. what I hear from you is that you're like, you know, I learned a little enough to know, like, maybe I've never done this, but I, I trust myself that I'm smart and I can, I can learn what I don't know and I can figure it out just as much as anybody else. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm going to put my fear of failure aside. Yeah. I'm going to realize that failure is part of yeah. learning and I'm going to be, I want this enough to fail doing it. You know, oh, I, I, I yeah. absolutely will try and I will fail. And if I end up closing the doors, okay, that's what's going to happen. But yeah. one of the things that I, I, I say a lot too is that, you know, I finally got to the point where I identified that the true failure would be not trying yeah. to start the firm at all. The true failure um, was not, you know, 
the law firm not working out. And, and even yeah. today I say, you know, I've been at it for four years. I've owned my law firm for four years. Even if I had to close my doors a month from now or six months from now, which I mean, isn't going to happen, but yeah. It still wouldn't have been a failure. Yeah. I still operated a successful Yeah, totally. I'm like massively years. impressed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it has yeah. worked. It yeah. has worked. I got past the fear. I um, But that fear is real. Yeah. Like I, I hear that oh, and I sorry. think you're right to say that it's probably one of the things that, whether it's to start your own firm or just to do anything new, I think that fear keeps a lot of people stuck and mm-hmm. the ability to work through it um, and and to see what the, like the reframe you gave I thought was really really helpful which is just you know what does what does success really look like and how do we define that for us but also what does failure mean to us you yeah. know yeah you know, and to I think me, I'd be a huge failure if saying. I were a partner at a law firm right now that would be oh, a failure yes. for me in my life Good point. Yes, me too. Like if I picture if I were making, you know, let's say I was making half a million dollar salary by now in my former firm as a partner, as a part owner, if I'm being honest with myself about the values of, um, you know, how I want to live and what I'm motivated by, that too would be a failure for me. That would not be where I want to be. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, I think that's a very helpful reframe for people to ask themselves that question um, because, and listen, we're, we're risk averse. We're, you know, see all of the possible issues. That's what we've been trained to do. And that can serve us in some ways, but it can also keep us stuck if we aren't careful. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. Yeah. So how did you go about, you know, getting clients and starting your firm? That's a good question too. So that's the number one question people yeah. ask me as a solo <laughs> attorney is like, but how do you find your clients? And yeah, it that's that was one of the biggest fears going in is, okay, well, who's going to walk in the door? Who's going to, you know, who's going to hire me? Yeah. I, I am somebody who enjoys networking and I just looked at my time spent networking as my marketing dollars. Mm -hmm. So I spent a significant amount of time in that first year of being on my own, getting coffee, getting lunch, getting, you know, just meeting everyone I could, you know, so people out in my community in the city I live in, people you know, we're talking like Chamber of Commerce, we're talking B&I meetings, we're talking, you know, I casted the widest net. I was, I was taking coffees with anybody from the the town chiropractor to the, the the Mary Kay lady, right? And then, you know, the, where I got to the point where I was realizing where's my time best spent? Who am I making connections with? Who is the um, who are the most likely people to be actually talking to people who need my help, mm-hmm. passing my name along, and where am I finding people who need my help? Um, so number one, you have to be willing to talk about who you help and what you do, and you have to be willing to just say it over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then second of all, really identifying, okay, where is your time best spent? Um, what, what relationships are helping you. And for me, I found that it was other attorneys. So, Mm -hmm. um, I would contact 
any other solo small firm around me that did not practice workers' compensation. So, you know, family law attorneys, um, criminal law attorneys, personal injury attorneys, anybody else who might be getting a call from a potential client who said, you know, I actually don't have a family law matter. I actually have this work comp issue. Do you know somebody who can help? Yeah. So I made relationships with a lot of other solo and small firm attorneys that was helpful for um, sharing information about how to operate a law firm for sure. You know, brainstorming about how best to do that, but also like we're talking about um, for referral sources. Yeah. And then also some attorney organizations. So, you know, you can be a member of a plethora of attorney organizations, different bar associations, different solo, small groups, you know, whatever it might be. But I just found one um, here in Minnesota that just, um, it's called the Minnesota Association for Justice, and it's um, a bunch of plaintiff attorneys. So we're all attorneys representing individuals in various matters. And um, you know, that's where I spend a lot of my time, a lot of my networking, a lot of my um, relationships and time invested is in that organization. So I think finding the right people in the right organizations um, is what led me to have a really solid group of referral sources. And I just foster those, you yeah. know, I just, I continuously keep in touch with those people. Um in my state, in the state of Minnesota, we can pay other attorneys referral fees if certain requirements are met, if we jump through certain hoops. Uh-huh. And so there's that incentive. I know that's not an option in every state, but here where I practice in Minnesota, it is. Um, so that's how I yeah. find my people. Yeah. And the truth is, on some level, you know, when you're maybe a more junior associate, you're thinking, well, you know, I don't. I don't have to do that stuff. But then, you know, if you even were to stay at an established firm and, and want to stay and become partner, those are all skills you're going to have to lean into anyway in this day and age. We're not sort of in a world where they're just sort so of true. I mean, I suppose there are some service partners, but really not. That's not really the model anymore. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that at a lot of firms, there's financial incentive for you to have your own referral sources, right? Mm-hmm whether it's, you know, an origination fee or whatever. Um, And then to me, it's like if you have your own referral sources in the firm, it's like, are you operating your own kind of firm on, you know, like do you kind of have your own thing going on already? Like just that's just a thought that crosses my head and I – Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know how to get into the heads of those associates, but – it seems to me like if you've got your own base, if you have the uh, the potential or the, the any inkling to see if you can make it on your own, um, that that could be explored. Yeah. Were you, this is my question too, is like, was it scary to be like, all right, like there's no, like, there's no person to check anything off. This is like 100% responsibility <laughs> on me. Like, obviously, you'll have, like, malpractice insurance, but was there, like, was there any fear around sort of the buck stops here? Not in terms of the practice area. So workers' compensation specifically. Like, if I had changed my practice area, if I had gone from that work comp firm and said, I'm going to go practice, um, 
whatever or like yeah, general I'm corporate or something yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go practice that then absolutely yeah but I didn't because I had worked you know doing workers compensation for five years yeah. and if you what is the rule like to become a subject matter or like expert, the 10,000 like, hours yes, yeah exactly yeah. and it's approximately like a like a five out five years of yeah work yeah. right um and I had put that in and I really did get to the point where I was, you know, playing a mentoring role for other people in the firm. I was kind of like the buck was stopping at me already. I was kind of one of the more senior attorneys in terms of like the associates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm comfortable with the area of law, um, with what I know and what my limitations are and what resources I can turn to when there yeah. is a question yeah. that I don't know. Um, so I. I didn't. Like I said, if I would have gone to a different practice area, yes. I also believe, and I I really want to study this more, but, you know, that will come. Time will come where I will. But I know that um, individuals who are attending law school, you know, right now in 2022 are more likely than my graduating class when I graduated law school in 2013 Mm -hmm. um, to – look at law firm ownership as an option yeah right out of law school I was not in any way prepared yeah. to run I graduated in 2006 there was absolutely no way that I was no way. That. right no. no way I didn't know anything about business and I certainly didn't know anything about one particular area of law yeah. enough to go practice it by myself um so I I really want to get more into, I want to learn more about why these people coming out of law school are so much better equipped and so much um, more confident in being able to start law firms out of law school. Cause yeah. I think it's doable. Yeah. I don't think I could have, but I think law school is a different place now. It, and I think, you know, the practice of law is a different, you know? Yeah. I think people, that's really interesting. Um, I mean, I think there's some substantive shifts in, law school education, having worked at yes. a law school for nine years, um, towards the practical, towards the actual how do you practice law versus all sort of academic. Um, I think you're right. And so I could imagine that there, it is producing people who are on better footing to jump right into practice, which is something the big firms were asking for, but it also means that their people are in a better you know state to to do it on their own. But I, I wonder if there's also just part of the overall sort of ethos of, you know, it's, you know, there's people are aware of what it's like to work for law firms and crazy mm-hmm. hours and, um, and the last two years have also been kind of weird for everyone. I think there's a lot of reassessment <laughs> on sort of every every angle of like what people want to do. So oh, yeah, agreed. I can see that. But I also suspect there are more people out there who, you know, have been practicing for some amount of time. Well, I know this from like my own work is there are just a lot of people reassessing what really they want to do. And certainly if you have four to five years under your belt, you have experience. Um, and I just think there's a lot of, um, uh, there's just a real appetite for, 
for life being more balanced, for freedom oh and flexibility gosh, and for yes. your values playing into it. So I see that. And to that, I yeah. say yes. Yeah. I say yes. I say to people, this is your one and only precious life. You know, look around you. Are you living the life you want to live? And if you are not, make a change, yeah. you know, and and I realize the privilege in that statement too, because a lot of people are in a better position to make a change than other people yeah, are, absolutely. right? Um, and, and so I feel very, very, very fortunate. And part of the reason that I'm here is because of, you know, the privilege I experienced when I did go out on my um, own to start my law firm. I had a second income in my household. Yeah. You know, I have a partner who works. I, um, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, and so we have to acknowledge that at the same time. But but I am very much a cheerleader for people who do, and who want to look at their life, figure out how they can um, be living a life they want to um, more so than they than they are right now. Whether that's changing a job, changing a childcare situation, changing a relationship, you know, whatever yeah, it might be, yeah. I just Being I just really believe. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I just really believe in living the life that you that you want to live. Totally agree. So one sort of last question about the like specifics of starting your own firm, which is what what was the biggest challenge for you, would you say? Ooh, that's a good question. I think one of the biggest challenges for me was going from running, you know, a hundred miles a minute mm -hmm. to being more thoughtful with my time. You know, I just, mm -hmm. I did not start on day one with this full caseload. I had more time on my hands to really, um, dig into my cases more, you know, develop good practice habits, yeah. um, and not be operating all the time by efficiency mm -hmm. and kind of sitting in that stillness and that, um, that downtime, I guess I'll call it was, oh, it was, it was very hard mentally. It was oh, wow. very, very yeah. hard to go from being on, being needed, being, um, busy, being just, you know, just on crazy, crazy autopilot yeah. for how many years in a row to, okay, I have some more time on my hands and how do I spend it? You yeah. know, what, what time am I putting into the practice and to nurturing my practice? But also part of the reason I did this is because I wanted to you live You wanted the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Time, but... It's like exactly yes. what you want, but it's also yes. like, but now that I have it, what do I do with yeah, myself and why totally. do I suddenly feel guilty for not working? I'm not working hard and that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Would I feel better if I just went back to being busy? And so I struggled internally with that for a long time. I would, I would say it took me almost a full year to feel very settled in, hey, it feels good not to be that busy. Yeah. It feels really good. And to know, I think this is true of all entrepreneurs is – you know, how much is enough? Because it's your business, you care deeply about it, you want to make sure it works. Um, and you did probably get into it for some level of freedom. But then you find yourself working on a weekend, which you would never do for somebody else if you could avoid it, right? And so like, <laughs> figuring out your own boundaries and cadence, I think is definitely mm -hmm. a, a growing pain of, of any kind of entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, it 
absolutely is. You have to be patient with yourself as you settle into it and just keep reminding yourself why you are where you are and, yeah, you know, seek out all the therapy you need along the way and all the exactly. guidance you need from other entrepreneurs or other people in your, yeah. in your center of influence. So in addition to running your firm, you now also mentor lawyers thinking about starting their own firm. Yeah. Will you tell us about that? I would love to. So now that I'm four years into running my own firm, I just found myself playing this mentoring role for other attorneys who want to go solo over and over and over again. I was getting calls, you know, at least weekly for a period of time um, where people were saying, hey, I heard you started your firm. How did you do it? I've actually been thinking about that. Or, you know, like, hey, congratulations. I would love to, like, hear how you did that. And so I became this, you know, trusted source for individuals who wanted to do it. And it was mostly people like close to me, you know, Mm -hmm. acquaintances, you know, other attorneys here in Minnesota. And then I just, you know, the more I did that, the more I realized um, how much value and insight I actually could add to um, to those people's lives and in helping them get their firms up and running, but also just playing that encouraging role. And so this summer, what I decided to do was just to really, um, put a name to that, put a name to what I was doing. So I started this, um, this new mentoring service called Lure of Law. And it's really just this platform, this community for encouraging other people, Um, to go solo if that is in fact on their hearts. So, you know, one of my core values is making the profession healthier as a whole. So one of the ways that I do that is I show people how healthy I am in this profession. Mm. Um, Being my own boss, being a law firm owner compared to when I was in a firm. And I want to show other attorneys that it's possible to practice a different way. Um, and, and should they have it on their heart or have it on their mind to go solo or that they have been thinking about starting their own firm, I want to be that source of information that can say it's possible. I've done it. Here's how I did it. And, you know, let me help you and support you in whatever way I can. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what Lure of Law is all about. And it's just, it's in addition to my law practice, I will always be an attorney. I, I mean, you should never say never and you should never say always, right? But um, I, I, I believe I will be practicing law as an attorney, yeah. you know, for the rest of my working years. Um, so first and foremost, I have my practice, but Lure of Law is something that I'm doing in addition to that as a, as a passion project, as a, um, you know, a secondary, um, uh, you know, mission. Yeah, I yeah. Call it. I think that's great. I think, and, you know, I think, it sounds like it just kind of happened organically, which I think some of the best things do, right? Just it's born of, of people seeking you out for it and clearly their questions. Um, and yeah, I think that's awesome. So if people out in my audience are like, oh, hey, I'm interested. How do people find you? So um, you can go to lureoflaw.com, L-U-R-E of law.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, um, just Lure of Law. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for taking the time and telling us about your experience. Um, I think it's really interesting, and I just, I sort of want to remind people that I don't, I, I don't believe the entire 
profession of law is, to, you know, to be burnt down. I think there are really innovative and creative ways to both, you know, be a lawyer and live the life that you want to live. So thank yeah, you for sharing that. Of course. And, and like we've said before, our missions are, are quite similar yeah. in that we just want people to be happy living the lives that they are. And, you know, my people are those who want to practice law and yours, your people are the people who don't want to anymore. And yeah. both are fine. Yes, it's all fine. <laughs> like, well, thank you so much. Yeah, Megan. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Kristen.